Hey, Calvin. Listen, man. Uh, can I get your autograph? Sure, Dirk. Uh, actually, for my niece. What's her name? Uh, it's uh, Dirk. and doctor clint are you uh you're still not a doctor yet right not quite well not in anything that you would be aware of <laughs> i won't ask further questions but i feel like we have to get into the show we don't have time i'll Scott? give you a hint yeah uh, can i give you a hint you yeah. know those little those little games that you play at cracker barrel yeah yeah that's that's part of it that's that's just part of it <laughs> Yeah. It's not even the whole thing. Uh-uh, no, that's just... I, I said a hint. I'm not going to give you the whole slice. Okay, that's good enough. Welcome to Purely Nostalgia, the podcast where we look <laughs> at the movies that we liked as kids with our adult eyes, and we try to figure out if they were actually good or if we just thought they were. My name is Eli Shap-Smith, and I am the greatest good you are ever going to get. And my name is Clint Jazz Hands Page, and I am Scott, your doctor. Correct my French here. Hey, don't what address the, him. What? You haven't in- introduced him yet. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah fine. Uh, I am what the French call laissez compétent. Uh, and folks, today we are not alone. We are still uh, here with each other uh, in our podcasting house, but we have invited a guest to join us here. And truthfully, it, it's been a lot longer than it probably should have uh, for us to have this man on uh, we we definitely have been talking about having him on for well over the a beginning. year. Probably, yeah, since very close to the beginning of this podcast. And I now, had to volunteer myself for it to happen. He kind of. Yeah, uh, now that we are in the twilight years of our podcast. Um, <laughs> Don't say that. Well, now now Your that we're life support. Near, yeah, and we're about to now that we're about to pull the plug. We have uh, invited the man, the myth, the legend, Doctor Scott Harvey on the show with us here today. Dr. Scott Harvey, welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me into your your podcast house. I didn't know that there were going to be cameras everywhere, uh, that this was going to be the new season of Big Brother, but um, it should, should be the best season yet. And I do want to say, I was telling you guys beforehand that I... By sheer, it was by sheer accident that I found myself on this episode of the the podcast because if you listen to the the Space Jam episode, you might have heard the little call in that I had, and I was like, "Hey, I'm, I'll volunteer when y'all talk about Like Mike." And I just want to say, I legitimately had no idea that y'all were going to be talking about <laughs> Like Mike literally the next week, and so it probably sounded very rude to most of the listeners that I was just like. All right, I'm coming on next week, whether y'all like it or not. But I genuinely thought that y'all were never going to review this movie. <laughs> no, it was the next on the roster. But we were not sad about it. We we're like, oh, that's actually perfect. So um, yeah, it took too L- long. Let me, Great. yeah, let me add a little backstory here because um, I texted Scott asking for the audio, and he didn't respond back. And then I said, hey, did you like Space Jam? <laughs> And then I got a call immediately from Scott after I said, hey, do you like Space Jam? And then when I answered the call, I went, hello. And then this man with a very deep voice um, said, who the f*** is this? And I was like, uh, is Scott there? And they said, no. And so I don't know how I had this old number of Scott's 
on my phone, but that was an exciting adventure. It's funny that you mentioned that because actually uh, almost a similar incident happened the other day, which was that uh, Miss Mrs. Johnson, so Grace's mom, who who y'all I guess y'all probably both know Grace. Oh yeah, I remember her. Wanted to send me a text because she's like my 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 mom's best friend. So she wanted to send me a text about the fact that I was having a birthday party this weekend and like jokingly be like, I didn't get the invite or something, you know, a a mom joke. And yeah, very good. um, And she apparently had that same number, my old uh, number that Clint had, and had sent it a text. And I told my my mom told me she was like, did you get a text from from Chrissy? And I was like, no, I didn't. And then she had like Chrissy read off the number and everything. And we figured out it was the old number. And I was like, I immediately, because of what you told me, Clint, I was like, if she gets a phone call, tell her to not answer it. <laughs> but apparently the, the guy just texted her back and was like, who is it? Or she said like wrong number or something. And he's like, okay, sorry, lol. Or something. <laughs> like. I mean, it was, it was like, it was a innocuous um, conversation. Unlike the one that you had with him, but whatever you do, don't bring up space jam to this man. I've never been, I- I've never had the privilege of being the person who got someone else's number and then like other people are calling me thinking I'm that person. I feel like that would be fun. Like I would have some fun with that. It's funny too because I don't know why like everything transferred over when I switched numbers, but like if you go to like my contacts on my phone where you know how at the top it says like my number or whatever? Yeah. If you hit that, it has my old number in my current phone which has my obviously my current number. So it's like I I really don't understand how that has not transferred over, but it, I, it may, maybe that is why a bunch of people out there still have my old number from like five years ago. Well, I can't like pretend to be some phone expert, but I feel like they can't just like <laughs> let that number die. Like they got to use it for somebody, right? <laughs> somebody, I mean, some, some very nice man is using it. Apparently. You, uh, Scott, you're a lawyer. You should know this. <laughs> you should know I how should phones know work. The law. The law of phones. I mean, I think you could learn as much about how phones work by listening to Serial uh, as you could by like actually going to law school because they have the whole thing. They have the whole thing in Serial about like triangulating the signal and going yeah. to all the cell towers and stuff. I mean, I, I learned more enhance than, more than enhance. that. Yeah, Clint doesn't know what you're talking <laughs> about because he's never listened to a podcast that wasn't our podcast. Uh huh. That's uh-huh. fair. Narcissism is important. <laughs> he just listens to our podcast twenty four seven. He like listen. He binge <laughs> listens through our podcast every week. Yeah, isn't it great, gang, that we invented this whole thing? The idea this of podcast. Podcasts? Yeah, we did it. Well, maybe not podcasts, but the idea of a podcast about movies—that is something that I think we came up with for sure. Mm-hmm. A novel idea, indeed. Just a couple of boys yeah, talking no. about movies, you know. Sure. I mean, it was Mark Marin, and then it was you guys. Scott, I mean, you should that, have that, a movie that's, podcast. Yeah, that's the timeline. I, you know, I've been thinking about it for years, but I just haven't found the right co-host yet. I, you know, I've been searching around, and all I can, all I have is a name in my head, right? Some like it, Scott, but I have not been able to find another person named Scott on Earth who likes movies. So it's just like this is this is the the burden that I must eternally bear. Hey, hey, Elisha. Uh huh. Are the uh. Are the microphones off right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott, if you're going to save it for the end, but if you're going to just, you know, plug yourself <laughs> and put yourself out there so shamelessly, save it till the end when we introduce it, bud. All right. All right, folks. We're uh we should be back. Uh sorry, yeah, there's a little bit of a delay there. Glitch there. <laughs> yeah. Um 
so we felt like we needed to address something that um, the fans have just been screaming about online. It's like, shut up, knock it off, stop tweeting about us. Check um, your Twitter. A, yeah, there, there's a question that people are asking of us. Um, and it is, mm-hmm. are you going to cover the movie Scoob? Um, Clint and I have discussed this extensively in our podcasting house. Clint, do you want to go ahead and give the people an answer real quick? All right, yeah, sure. Uh, I'll be the one to rip the Band-Aid off here. Um, sit down, gang. Um, Elisha and I love movies very much, and we never want you to forget that. However, sometimes you don't love every movie, and that it is with a not-so-heavy heart that we have to announce that we will not be reviewing Scoob. My heart is so light as we announce this. It's not yeah. even heavy. Yeah, I, I was just trying to, you know, ease us off this, uh, you know, this bad news a little bit. But yeah, I'm not really burdened by this news. You know why we're not gonna talk about Scoop? Because we don't have to. Because we are in control of our lives. And I don't, if I don't want to watch the new Scooby Doo movie where he teams up with Captain America or whatever, I don't have to do it. You can't make is me. that. What, that is not what happens, is it? He teams up with some Hanna Barbera people. I was oh, making I a funny joke. I see. It, it could um, it could happen because there was Scooby Doo meets the Harlem Globetrotters back in the day, which was a VHS <laughs> that I played no less than thirty times in my childhood. Do you yeah. do you remember when <laughs> I love the cast of celebrities that Scooby Doo and the gang hooked up with? It was like the Harlem Globetrotters and then Don Knotts. and batman they teamed up with batman and robin in an episode yes yes um Uh, there was several episodes yeah wait really several batman i want to say i want to say yes but i it's it's been a few years the only one that i really remember in vivid detail is scooby-doo and the monster of mexico so um i will invite myself on for that episode oh you're doing it next week wow i i had no idea Uh, joke's um, on you, Scott. We don't record every week. Yeah, uh, nice try. Um, but we just wanted to silence all the fan theories out there and you you, you crazy, crazy fans that just can't get enough out of us and want us to talk about that stupid dog. I tell you what, that dog should have stayed in two dimensions. Three is too many for him. We are not covering that movie. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Scoob. Not gonna be talking about you. I'm not sorry. Shut up, Scoob. That's what I say to Scoob. Hey, I, I, get out of the way, Scoob. Dogs shouldn't talk, Scoob. Why are you talking? It's not. It's of the devil, honestly. Mm-hmm. Scoob. Um. So I guess this is the point in the show where we introduce the movie that we are talking about, which we've already referenced because it had to do with the story of how Scott ended up getting on the show. But we're talking about the movie, like Mike, which is a movie where a boy becomes like Mike. <laughs> Um and uh, yes, this, Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah, yes, we didn't specify which Mike. It is Mike Tyson. Oh, no, it's the basketball Mike. Um, that, that would have been that would be an interesting anthology where instead of like Mike to Streetball, which is the name of the mm-hmm. sequel, it's just different Mikes of sports. Yeah, so who else could there be? It, in the uh, in the Mike Tyson one, it's like Blue Velvet. He just finds an he finds Evander Holyfield's ear in the middle of a field, <laughs> and that that's a sports joke. I I apologize, but uh, <laughs> for the for the I understood the twelve that. people who the twelve people for the twelve people who will get it, it that one will kill. I guarantee you. 
I, I hate to tell uh, you, but those people aren't listening to our show. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine a boy puts on some nasty gloves and then his voice gets real <laughs> high. Um, what other famous mics are there? Uh, Mike Bloomberg? Yes. yes. <laughs> Becomes a short Jewish man. <laughs> he, he finds a, a, a Mike Bloomberg's old blazer and he puts it on. Um, what other mics? And all he famous. does in the film is just get destroyed in a debate, and then that's it. <laughs> it's just Elizabeth Warren dunking on him. Yeah. Uh, so there's Michael J. Fox, and we're not going to make a joke about that. Um, yeah. But yeah, you, you kind of just did by saying we're not going to make a joke about it. So now we <laughs> already we're not. What joke could we possibly make? I mean, we're we're uh, we're you know sidestepping that. Um, there's Mike Pence, so that's cool. Yeah, that's just a variation on the Mike Bloomberg thing, though. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. A little more sour cream. It'd be funny, though, if all the sequels were different political mics, and it was like the first one was basketball, <laughs> but then it was Mike Bloomberg, Mike Pence, Mike Huckabee. <laughs> but also Allen Iverson just appeared in all of them for no reason. <laughs> No, Vince Carter is the bad guy in all Vin- of them. Vince Carter, yeah. <laughs> uh, Scott, Mike are Rowe you impressed that Dirty I knew Jones. Vince Carter? Uh, well, they do. I think they don't. They put his name on the screen when he's probably like, being but interviewed I, on NBC or whatever. I think so, but I did know who he was before this movie. So I, I just want you to give me a virtual high five for that. Well, I am absolutely giving you a virtual high. There on Zencaster here, where I'm recording, there's a little raise hand that you can uh-huh. click. So I am clicking that in your honor. Yay, thank you. Hey, um, hey, Scott, yeah. you know, it. I do have to say this. Um, when Elisha and I review any movie that is tangentially related to sports, I get a little anxious, and it's because I know negative about sports, <laughs> um, meaning that sports know more about me than I know more about them. Um, some may say I'm the chosen one. But um, mm. it, it's good to know that you have... You know, agreed to come upon our podcast house because you are going to be our resident sports expert for this episode. Um, and, and so I, it is with a uh, a low head and a, a humble spirit, I must ask the LA Knights, is a real team? This is a question I had too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! This is worse than I thought. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm no, pretty sure they, I know the answer, but but I they are they are not they are, they are not a real team. I imagine that they are styled after. So there are two teams in Los Angeles, right? Two teams that um, play at the Staples Center where the Knights play their their games. Can that is guess the them? Lakers oh. and the Clippers. Um, and based on the colors of this team. I think that the Clippers are more who they are styled off. And also based on the fact that the team isn't very good, right, until Calvin Cambridge joins them. The Lakers are traditionally a very good team. So I suspect that this team is modeled more after the Clippers. Also the lack of Jack Nicholson, because he is the Lakers' biggest fan, um, is another thing that tipped me off. But who knows, maybe the screenwriters had something else in mind. I just want to say I knew everything that you just said. And I'm not even kidding. I, I, I knew most knew, of it, yes. so... Clint didn't. So I'm, I'm not anything. even needed here is what you're saying. No, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have said it that eloquently, but I had a sneaking sp- suspicion that they were kind of s- supposed to be the Clippers. Um, 
But we always start out our episodes by talking about our personal experience with the movies that we are covering because we're we're a show about nostalgia ultimately. So Scott, I know you like this movie, but tell us about your personal experience with the film Like Mike. Yeah, well I mean part of the reason that I like so rudely invited myself on for this episode is because this I mean this movie was one of the movies in my childhood. Um, I'm sure I went to see it in the theater, even though I don't like have a vivid memory of it. But I do remember specifically that I, my brother gave me this film on VHS um, for Christmas, maybe the year that it came out um, and I watched it many times. But even more importantly than that, we also owned the soundtrack for this movie. And I mean, the soundtrack for this movie, like I, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you. Like it, it's, it's very good. And I had so much nostalgia for it because, like I said, I had the CD, played it back in the day. And, like, this past weekend, right, it was my birthday. I uh, finished, graduated from law school. So I was, like, in my feelings the whole weekend. And then I put this movie on, and the first scene starts up, the music kicks in, and I was, like, almost about to start crying just because <laughs> the nostalgia was so strong from hearing the music. But, yeah, I mean, it it the, the soundtrack still slaps. I mean, that R&B version of, uh, of Everybody Wants to Rule the World, I mean, come on. That was, that was fire. Oh yeah, I really like yeah. that song. Yeah, but this this so this movie was like big for my brother and I because we obviously were big sports fans even from from childhood. I don't think we ever like envisioned that we would be able to play sports. At least I didn't because I had no athletic ability whatsoever. But the the thing that I think I liked about the movie is that Calvin is he's not just that he becomes a really good sports player. It's that before any of that happens, he knows basketball really well and he is able to like talk to Robert Forster who plays the coach about like the plays that they need to be running and stuff like that. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. me right there. Like I, I may not be able to play, but like, I know the game. You're the guy in the chair for all the basketball players. I'm yeah. I'm the armchair Robert Forster. I guess that's what you call a coach, right? It's like, well, they, they usually stand though, right? They usually stand in uh, the yelling. It- it varies, yeah. So, so some will some will sit, some will stand, some will do a l- little of both. But uh, yeah, this is why you're here um, to explain <laughs> these things to us. The posture um, of coaches during a typical game. Uh, Clint, had you seen this movie before today? I had or not. Or whenever you watched it, uh, yesterday was the first time I had ever seen this movie. Um, I do remember it being uh, present in my memory um i'm sure you know scott and i had spoken about it in on the playground at one point uh (laughs) when we were in elementary school together um but yeah i mean i i never seen it truthfully when and this was with the same mindset that i went into space jam with um i probably saw ah this movie's about sports and not cartoons or uh silliness i am not interested at all um, and so I probably, truthfully, I probably actively avoided this movie as a kid just because it, it didn't seem like it appealed to me. Um, and this movie is a little more sport, definitely a little more sports centric than uh, Space Jam was. Um, but there's no space jamming in this movie, to be sure. <laughs> yeah, to be to be fair, uh, you know, this movie definitely it, it holds itself in a little higher regard, I think, than Space Jam does. It takes itself a little ser- more seriously. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just a little I, bit. yeah, I didn't see this movie. I probably actively avoided it. Um, and as we've said before in our last episode, that's a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. 
Um, but yeah, yes, last night was the first time I had ever seen it. Um, I had seen this movie. I saw it in theaters, and unlike a lot of the ones that we cover that came out in theaters in like the early 2000s or the 90s, I usually don't remember my theater experience. But for this one, I do, because I let's see, it's 2002, so I would have been in second grade. Um, I always remember that because two is second grade. It just worked out that that way for me. So um, amazing. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I saw this movie with my brother and his friends, um, and I was thinking, for some reason I had it in my brain that this was my brother's birthday party, and I just got to tag along because I was the little brother. Uh, but then I looked it up, and it came out in the summer, and his birthday is in October, so I guess it wasn't that. I just had that in my head for some reason. Um, but it was definitely like me and my dad and all my brother's like cool friends who were super into basketball. And I won't <coughs> rehash this because I talked about it last time, but like as a kid I was like, pretend into basketball because my older brother was and so I thought that that is what you do when you are a human you are into basketball so I like for some reason knew a lot of the names of like the basketball players that show up in this movie um, just from like hearing my brother talk about them and so I remember absolutely loving this movie when I saw it in theaters Um, and I saw it a couple times because I know we had it on VHS I, I saw it a few times after that um, and remembered more of this movie than I expected to. So I know I've seen it multiple times, um, but it had definitely been more than 15 years, I would say, since I've seen it. So um, let's get into what we thought about this movie upon rewatching it. And we've decided last week we we're going by ratings out of 10, no out of five. Not We will not even mention Letterboxd as a company because they have not paid for an ad. So we are going out of ten for our ratings, and we'll start with <laughs> Scott until until the end of the episode when we <laughs> yeah we whore ourselves out there. Well, and also the fact that I just mentioned them when saying that we weren't going to mention them. <laughs> <laughs> Capitalism wins again. Um, Scott, what is your rating for the movie Like Mike out of ten? Yeah, so I'm going to give this a seven point five. Like Elisha, I've not seen it in quite quite a while, but mm-hmm. I was very relieved that it. Mostly holds up, so 7.5. Nice. Nice. So you liked it. You liked it. Um, Clint, what's your rating? I also give it a 7.5. I was pleasantly surprised. It was a a cute little movie, and it was funny. And they said damn a few times in it, so that's that's (laughs) pretty cool. So it had everything that I like. But yeah, it, it was a good, entertaining movie. Um... I, you know what? I'm just going to do the same thing. Seven, 7.5. It's a 7.5 movie. It, well, let's just all give it the same rating because that sounds right to me. I liked it a lot. Um, I thought it was better than I was expecting it to be. I thought it held up a little bit better than I thought it would. I enjoyed my experience. It was... I, I like... Yesterday was um, just really tired for some reason. Not that I had any right to be. I I hadn't done anything, but I just like laid on the couch on a Sunday afternoon and just watched like Mike and was more engrossed in it than I tend to be in some of the movies that we watch that are not like my favorite movies of all time. Like I'd sometimes I'm just kind of halfway watching, but this one just sucked me right in. Like I couldn't look away from the screen. I loved it. Yeah, and I mean, I I even texted you, Elisha. I spent the weekend up in Nashville, and I like I had no right to be tired or anything, but you know, you get travel fatigue. Um, and I texted you. I was like, great. I just finished like doing some yard work or whatever, and I was like, okay, it's six o'clock, and I'm tired, and now I have to watch like Mike, and I don't <laughs> regret that at all. 
uh, I was very happy to be watching this. Yeah. I'm so um, glad to hear this. I don't know. It's just a very warm, happy movie. It made me feel very warm and fuzzy. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah. Yes, yes. because, I mean, and, and y'all are talking about how it is more sports-centric than Space Jam, which I guess is true. Uh, but, like, I was actually a little surprised. Like, there's really not that much actual playing basketball in the yeah, movie. Yeah, there's like, really it's, not. It, mm-hmm. it, it really is more just, uh, the like, the story of this kid who's an orphan, you know, trying to find the one thing that he, you know has always wanted which is to have a family and so that part of it yeah that it it, it does tug on your heart screen heartstrings a little bit no matter how uh, deliberately i guess it is doing so um and it's okay for a kid's movie to deliberately do that you know that's absolutely that's fine with me um i that the way you said that triggered a very specific memory of when i saw this movie in the theater um i remember when we left I said it was with my brother and his friends and my dad. And I remember one of my brother's friends turning to my dad and saying, I remember word for word exactly what he said. He said, you know, that was pretty good. It actually had a pretty good storyline. And that was the first time I ever heard the word storyline. And I remember later (laughs) having to ask my dad, what's a storyline? And so. (laughs) Wow. That's like Mike invented (laughs) storylines. I just thought it was funny because I guess I was like six at the time. So he would have been like 11 or 12. I just think that's a funny idea. The idea of like a 11 or 12 year old seeing a basketball movie and being like, I had a good storyline. <laughs> <laughs> and then how often did you use that word? Oh, like, you know, smart <laughs> all the time. Like all those people who learn what character development is and then they use that to describe every TV show they watch. Yeah, it has really yep. good character development. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid um, kids. Stupid kids. Uh, and people do that with like words like pacing, too, I feel like. <laughs> Just learn yeah, what pacing people, is. People will say something has bad pacing, which and what they really mean is, I thought this was too long. I agree with that. <laughs> I, th- I think Which are not the same thing. I do think that is a useful term, but I do think a lot of people use that when they can't think of other ways to describe why the movie was bad. <laughs> yeah. Um... Well, before we get into just, like, letting loose our thoughts about this movie, I think I need a 10,000-foot view from Clint. Here I am, once again. How are we getting up there? But you get being, I guess, I guess baby Jesse Plemons <laughs> is going to tie us together and throw us up in the air? Is that... It's very funny, because that's what I was going to suggest, and I think the obvious answer would be we put on Michael Jordan's shoes and we jump really high. But yeah. I like that that was what we both thought of. So, yes, let's do that. It's because we do improv together once a year, Elisha. <laughs> uh, let's let's face it. But uh, like Mike, it's a movie. Uh, how, where do we begin? So there's this kid. His name's Calvin, and he's an orphan, right? And he lives right. in this, this, yeah, he lives in this orphan home with uh, all of his friends. Uh, Brenda Song, um, Jesse Plemons. Uh, what what's that kid's name? Jonathan Limpnicki. Yeah, and Jonathan Limpnicki. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, from Stuart Little fame. His um, name is Human Stuart Little. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's Stuart Little's pet human. Yes, correct. Um, and and who is their dad? Crispin Glover. Um, and oh, they yes. are all in this home together. And uh, Calvin is not great at basketball, but he sure does love it. And then uh, he's selling candy out in the parking lot of the Staples Center while the Knights are playing. And, uh, you know, they're just trying to raise money for the home. 
And then their coach, the Knights coach, gives them some tickets because Calvin, he's got heart. And, uh, you know, they go and see a game. Uh, but before that, uh, Calvin gets some shoes delivered to him by a nun. And the, the shoes get thrown over a power line uh, after, you know, some kids are jealous because they think those shoes belong to Michael Jordan and they get electrocuted. And then Calvin now has the power of Michael Jordan. He gets pulled out on the court and he's playing a basketball game with, with another basketball player. And they, uh, you know, he beats him and then uh, he joins the team and he's basically stunt cast on the team initially. And then uh, he becomes a real asset to the team. And then he finds out that, you know, maybe it's not about winning. Maybe it's about family. And they uh, then, then he gets adopted by a basketball player after some antics happen. And they, they win. And it's all a good day. The end. <laughs> Your 10,000-foot views always go, like, really detailed for the first 30 minutes of the movie, and then you finish up with half a sentence. You just quit. <laughs> I'm ascending quickly. I have a question for you guys. Is Jonathan Lipnicki only about only in movies about kids getting adopted? Yes. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And, I mean, like, I, for some reason I had in my head that this movie was, like, ages later than jerry Maguire, so i was like how is he the same age that he was in jerry Maguire? and i guess it was only like six years or something but like i don't know he looks like he has not grown an inch probably or that he doesn't really talk very differently than he does in jerry Maguire. when i guess he was like five or six years old yeah yeah, yeah. but his picture on imdb now like i don't know i mean hubba hubba he's kind of right? a little hottie <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yet he doesn't do anything anymore. It's got that blue steel. It's true. Uh, Scott, who was the um, the taller white basketball player that was on the Knights team that kind of palled around with Calvin? Uh, he, that I don't know who the actor was, but that was not a real basketball player. Oh, he player. was not if a real basketball man? Was. Clint, the team I is fake. don't believe so. <laughs> well, I didn't know if they pulled you know real players onto the team. I didn't know, but... I don't know. To me, I think the obvious choice would have been Dirk Nowitzki, but he was, you know, he was in it as himself. He has a great cameo. Let's, yes, let's be honest. That's a funny His joke. Cameo is I like awesome. that part. Yes, I do yeah. know who Dirk Nowitzki is because uh, he was on Conan one time. Um, but <laughs> uh, I think I don't know. I I did like that Calvin and his buddy were adopted at the same time together. Okay. Now they're brothers. But I don't know. I would have liked to see the other basketball player like get a son now. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, do we not think that Robert Forster should have adopted one of them, right? Because he he's the one who has like the heart. I feel like when he's buying candy yeah. from Calvin in the car at the beginning, I was like, I know how this movie ends, but I kind of want him to adopt Calvin or or Murph, right? Because like it is so random at the end when. When Murph's like all sad, and then and then Morris Chestnut is just like, "Oh no, you're coming too!" Like, why not? I'll just add another kid. How hard can it be? That's yeah, how I'm, easy it is. I was gonna ask you specifically about this because you're a lawyer. I you probably know at least more about <laughs> yeah. adoption than I do. It takes, well, I was gonna say like it takes longer again, than that, watching, right? I was watching this like a few hours before I graduated law school, and I was like, I was not surprised. I was not. I was like. Uh, not expecting that there would be some like very interesting family law issues that pop up in this film, but there are with like the parental consent aspect of like can Calvin be allowed to participate in oh, yeah. like NBA basketball with only Crispin Glover's signature or whatever? But 
uh, yeah, I don't really think that's how adoption works, but I don't really know. I think yeah. Crispin Glover because he like, shows up he that got- day and he says, "I will have both of these boys, please." <laughs> and they're like, "Okay." <laughs> Yeah, I think I Crispin Glover died when he got hit with the scooter, so I don't think there was anyone there to stop him. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. They treated adoption kind of like Toyotathon, you know, where they just kind of <laughs> open up, where they kind of open up the lot, and they're like, "There's a line where Crispin Glover's like, look at all these kids,' you know, when they're showing it, when he's showing them around, you know. I don't think they open up the doors, and parents just say, mm, "I'll take this model." Well, they you know? lost the um, the guy who ran the orphanage, so they just had a clearance sale. They're just That's like, we gotta, all these orphans have to go. It was a blue light special. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. I personally, I think Murph should, or, or or Brenda Song's character, one of them should have been adopted by the couple that like was singing when they that that there was that there's that great montage of like the random mm-hmm. people coming to like adopt uh, Calvin or whatever. And there's the one couple. What song is it that they're singing? Why can't I? Why it's, uh, the sun will come out. The sun will come out tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> Scott, you've asked the right oh, they, people they this question. A child. if jesse plemons character stayed mean the rest of the way they should have adopted him yes yes Um, absolutely that that would have been a great ending Uh, i was sad that brenda song doesn't get adopted because she was also his friend she does (laughs) she does get adopted she does get adopted just by a different family oh i i missed that okay who adopts her it's in a picture it's like from my new family and it's a picture of her with like this elderly couple I think Tracy Reynolds should have gotten all of the children. <laughs> no, see, Brenda Song got adopted by the Tipton family, and thus ah. starting the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. It's the cinematic ah, okay. universe. Yeah, I didn't remember her being this in this movie. I guess because I didn't watch Sweet Life of Zack and Cody until after I had seen this movie and didn't put it mm. together. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. The family's also having a very weird non-speaking role cameo by Fred Armisen as well. Oh, I missed that. Wait, what? Did you really? What are you referring to? Fred Armisen was one of the parents that was going to adopt Calvin. He just kind of sat there and smiled. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Which which one was he? Um, I... It, I don't remember what the family was, but he was he was a part of it. Huh. I'm almost a hundred percent sure it's Fred Armisen. I believe you. Um, and while we're talking about it, we got to talk about um, Reginald Vell Johnson. Yes, um, Reginald yes. Vell Johnson. Clint seemed to be particularly excited about this. Um, <laughs> in a very funny joke, because at the beginning of the movie, he said he's watching Fresh Prince, and he's like, "I want to be adopted by a family like that." And then he gets. Hey, Reginald um, Bell Johnson's not in. No, I know. Listen <laughs> to what. Let friends. me freaking finish, okay? You racist. <laughs> a guy from another <laughs> sitcom about a black family <laughs> comes in and says, I'm from Bel Air. That is true. That's very yeah. much what the joke is. Yeah. No, I just love Reginald Bell Johnson. Uh, <laughs> he's so. He's always so manic in, uh, in Family Matters. Uh, Steve, but um, and I love Family Matters just in general because it's so corny and cheesy. Uh, so I I texted um Elisha immediately whenever I saw Reginald Val Johnson and said it's Carl. So, uh, and yes, I just looked up on Fred Armisen's IMDb. He was in like Mike, uh, credited as New Age Dad. <laughs> New Age Dad. 
Nice find. Good, good, good find, Clint. I did not did not see that. Sounds. I know right. my weird funny men. And I was just bragging about how closely I watched this movie, and that completely <laughs> slipped by me. Um, I, so it's very smart that they're raising money for an orphanage at the very beginning because that is how every kid's movie is. You have to be raising money for an orphanage or an animal shelter. But that's a misdirect because they don't even know if the money's going to the orphanage because Crispin Glover is an evil, evil man. Yes. He's, he's maybe the most yeah. evil man I've ever seen. He, he he was perfectly cast though with like the yes. the weird like hairstyle down in his face. I mean like he could have been like a serial killer in like an adult movie honestly like uh if if this was uh you know a, a different movie just the way that he looks and conducts himself. I guess he is a you know cartoonish villain but this is this is the kind of thing that I feel like y'all have to deal with every week on this podcast is like you can't really fault a, a kid's movie i guess for having a character who is just like so over the top villainous oh no yeah. yeah and i didn't mean that as a criticism i was just marveling no, at his yeah. evilness <laughs> um, like, is the is the adult version of this like michael no it's Michael. michael i don't michael michael great sure i don't know if i'm giving you any comedy points for that one <laughs> well it doesn't matter if you are because these people are <laughs> Oh, settle down, folks. <laughs> That'll do, pigs. The ad- the adult version of this would be really weird based on what, if if anyone has watched The Last Dance, which is the Michael Jordan documentary that they've been doing. Um, Scott, the adult we version have not. Would be very different. That's why I said anyone and not you two, because I knew what the answer <laughs> to that would be. But he, for one thing, uh, Bow Wow would have very red eyes if this was the adult version, because apparently that's what Michael Jordan I mean, he, he does now. It's it's really some kind of weird condition. He has, like, very red eyes. Whoa. Yeah. Are we sure he's not just high? No, uh, <laughs> he's not. The, the, like, people on online and stuff have been talking about this condition he has because it's so noticeable when you watch the documentary. But, yeah, I mean, like, obviously the first thing you think is that he must be baked, but I don't think that's the case. I'm looking up right now, boys, like, or Michael Jordan eyes. And uh, well, I regret to inform you, my internet is slow. So I'll get back to you <laughs> on that one. Um, I wish Michael Jordan had been in this movie. Mm. We, we know he can act. It, it was a missed opportunity, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you going to say, Scott? I, I was, I was going to say, I want to comment on the topic of Michael Jordan. I want to comment on the fact that how strange is it that these shoes get donated to the orphanage by mm-hmm. someone who apparently has full knowledge of who the shoes belong <laughs> to, right? Because it would be one thing if he if he donated these and like had no idea that there were Michael Jordan shoes. But like when the nun gives them the shoes, she yeah. is like, "Oh yeah, the guy said apparently they belong to some famous basketball player." And like MJ is right there inside the tongue of the shoe, so it's like, "Dude, like you realize you could be getting like thousands for these on eBay. Like what are you doing? Like I guess he just yeah. has a heart that is bigger than his chest." But. Because she says the you know the tall bald one, so she's aware of who yeah. he is. <laughs> yeah, she knows. Uh, yeah, and and the person weird. who donated the shoes is too. Yeah, yeah. I I really want to throw my shoes onto a power line and tie them together and get them struck by lightning and see if I get the power of whoever previously owned my shoes. You it's know. uh, yeah, <laughs> tie tie together some tap dancing shoes and get the power of Fred Astaire. <laughs> yeah, but they had to be owned by him. Well, or well, or at least assumed to be owned by him. Are, are we not going to address the elephant in the room and say that I, there's either two things going on here? One, 
this these shoes only work for the boy that was also electrocuted with them. Or actually, there's three things here. The the shoes only work for the boy that was electrocuted with them. Two, you are only good at basketball if you are struck by lightning. <laughs> or three, he was good at basketball the whole time, and he is the best basketball player in the world. Um, I I understood it as like. Calvin was chosen by the universe to be given yeah. Michael Jordan, and the the lightning was like a manifestation of that power coming. It was his baptism, him. right? I think um, Jonathan Lipnicki, um, I think he just wasn't chosen to be the one to because he was just going to ride on Calvin's talent and use that to get himself adopted. But <laughs> or or he was so bad at basketball that he was negative bad that even if you add Michael Jordan's skill level to his, he's still bad. Well, the I mean, shoes flew off, so he was rejected by their power. That's true. <laughs> he uh, he did he does look somewhat similar to how I looked at that age, and so I think that your your theory is probably true that he had negative athletic ability, and that um, the the shoes probably w- would not have helped him very much. I do I do want to say that I, I do find it interesting that the shoes are supposed to give him abilities like Michael Jordan, and yet he also becomes really good at passing the ball which is not exactly something that michael jordan was known for so it seems that there's even more powers to these shoes i too caught that yeah i I thought that we had yeah scott it's not that that joke is falling on deaf ears it's oh i'm aware no well technically it is falling on deaf ears but if our ears did work we would be laughing very hard at that um i know I, i know that i'm you know, to an audience, to an invisible audience, when I when I say these jokes, but no, it's okay. that's what you're here for. You're doing exactly what <laughs> we brought you in for. Um, here to make us look good. What do y'all think about Bow Wow in this movie? Is he good? He good kid? Yeah. Here's yeah. the thing. When I was, I I cheated a little bit, and I started reading reviews before. Well, I was preparing potentially for hot takes uh, before I started watching this movie. I was reading it as we were driving back from Nashville. Um, and every single review was like, Bow Wow's not great. Bow Wow's not good. But the storyline has heart. I didn't think he was bad. I thought he was entertaining. I, yeah, I disagree. I think he's good. He's a very charming kid. He has charisma. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was better than Jonathan Lipnicki. Yeah, I really it's liked better. his performance. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that this role asks for very much. I think it just asks for him to be charismatic, and I think that he delivers in that regard. Like he, uh, he, he makes you believe that that Tracy would actually want to adopt this kid at the end of. Yeah. I I wanted to adopt I, him. I had and, never seen this movie, and I think he's movie. older than me, and I know he's older than me, and I'd like to adopt him. I I had never seen this movie, but. I, and I didn't know where, truthfully, had no idea where it was going to go. I mean, he was in an orphanage at the beginning, so I was like, okay, this kid's going to get adopted by the end, or he's going to murder everyone. Um, <laughs> but this, the second he, like, the coach was like, and you're rooming with Calvin, I was like, aha, there's his father. <laughs> that's that's who it's going to be. Um, yeah, I feel like Tracy Reynolds is comes across more as a big brother character throughout the movie and at the end he adopts him and it's like oh okay (laughs) 
Yeah, because now I guess he's going to just have to live with his dad, like bringing women back to their house, right? I guess he and Murph, <laughs> right? Because that that is like a huge element of this movie is like multiple times we see and and Vanessa Williams shows up as the pharmacist for some reason in one in one <laughs> scene where uh, oh, he's yeah. getting his al- allergy meds and he's just like flirting with this woman who thinks he's an accountant and it's Vanessa Williams for some reason, but like he also brings the woman back and like she finds calvin and likes loves calvin or whatever. like he is uh he, he calvin uses is a phrase that i will not use in polite company but i think you all know what what i mean the what he ends up doing to 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 tracy and this woman but um yeah that that was an interesting element and i wonder how that will affect their lives going forward yeah i have two things to say about that scene one um, for some reason in my memory, there was like a romance subplot where her and Tracy like fall in love and like Calvin helps them to get together, but that doesn't happen. That's not part of the movie. She's just in that one scene, right? Um, yeah. And yeah. Then, and two, how much you guys want to bet that in the original script, that scene was him going to a bar and meeting her there and getting wasted. And then Calvin has to drive her back. And they were like, no, we can't do that in a kid's movie. Can you have her mix up his allergy medicine? Yeah, Yeah. that that did seem like an overly complicated way to to get Calvin driving. Again, here's something that I will say now that I'm qualified with a law degree. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is actually illegal for a a 12-year-old to drive a vehicle. And you see the disastrous consequences in the movie of when one is allowed to. Just wanted to throw that out there since I'm also the legal expert. Eagle-eyed viewers will note that Calvin was breaking the law. (laughs) I don't know what this says about me, but whenever um, Tracy walks in and he's like, I got to get my sleeping pills, my my first reaction was, he has an addiction. But uh, that's (laughs) clearly not the case. I thought he had an addiction to pain pills or whatever because you see him aggressively rifling through pill bottles, and I was like, oh, no, he's, he's hooked again. Um, yeah, there's just a, a subplot about the opioid crisis. <laughs> uh, to to go back to the scene where Calvin first um, discovers his abilities, or I guess it's after that, but when he... Um, no, it is when he discovers his abilities, when he's playing Tracy at halftime. Um, the, I think my biggest laugh of this movie was um, somebody from the crowd, and it wasn't even the moment that was supposed to be funny, but when he's about to play Tracy... Uh, someone from the crowd just goes, hey, kid, tie your shoe. <laughs> <laughs> he bends down and tie his shoe just to, just so they could have that moment where they remind us that he's wearing the shoes, I guess. But like, I was just imagining, who is this guy <laughs> that just yelled that out? I mean, it was nice of him because he could have tripped and fallen, but I laughed really hard at that. Maybe that actually was Jack Nicholson, and this was supposed to be a <laughs> Lakers game instead. Maybe so, Hey, kid, tie your shoes. <laughs> I love, I love too. I thought it was actually very realistic in that scene when <laughs> he just takes the mic and starts going off in this rambling like thing, mm-hmm. like trying to find Murph in the crowd, and the cr- the crowd just starts like eating it up and going nuts. And I'm like, that's exactly what a crowd would do. Like anytime there's like a cute kid or like an animal who is yeah. like on the court during one of these things, they just would go nuts for that. I liked Eugene Levy a lot in this. <sighs> he wa- there wasn't enough of him. mm Hmm. Eh, I I got enough. I got what I needed from him. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, um, I like that the coach is nice. 
I feel like there could have been a different version of this movie where the co- coach is like a jerk. Um, I like that he is. He's actually kind of a nuanced character because he's not like because you could tell he's not crazy about the idea of a kid being on the team at first. Right. He, um, he is like the like, William. De- he he is Willem Dafoe from the Florida Project is what he is. He's like frustrated by these people and yet he just has a huge heart of gold and so he like, you know, it helps Calvin out along the way and I thought that Robert Forster was wonderful. Yeah, he's really good. Um oh okay, I wanted to point this out and because this the scene um where Tracy takes uh when both Calvin and what's Jonathan Lipnicki's name? Murph when they're both Murph. at Tracy's mansion and they're having a like paint fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that scene so much, and it was actually like a really pretty scene because it's like the they're they're like paint fighting at sunset, and like the colors of the paint that they're using like kind of are coordinated with the sunset. It's like this <laughs> pinkish orange sunset, and I was like, this is like suddenly a scene out of an art film for like yeah, Roger two D minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. And then Murph shows up and is just like, what have you guys been doing? And they're clearly yeah. like covered in orange paint. Maybe it's the new homeowner in me. But when they were doing that, my only thought was, that's not good for the grass. Of course it's not. But he doesn't care about that. He's he's a rich man. He doesn't deal with his own grass. That's someone else's job. It's true. You um, think, do you ahead. think Calvin gets paid as much as the other players do scott no, of course I, not can you can you litigate here <laughs> i think he does because they mentioned like on espn and stuff like dur- throughout the show or movie like he's getting paid a lucrative contract or like he's been given a lucrative contract or something like that so and he's like buying stuff for the kids of the orphanage right so like i think he I think he's making probably a, I mean, look, he doesn't have a very good agent if he isn't at least getting the NBA minimum, uh, minimum his salary. His agent here, is, <laughs> is the, his orphanage guy, right? It's Crispin Glover, I, I would assume. I guess, I guess it is. So maybe, but, but it's or, like, or he, Eugene Levy. He's very greedy. Obviously Crispin Glover is. So like he, I think he would want to negotiate the biggest contract that he could just so he could take all of Calvin's money. Uh, and so I think I think Calvin is doing perfectly fine for himself in that. You know what I want to see? What? Um, I want to see the Honey Boy version of this movie. <laughs> I want to see Bow Wow playing his older self in therapy and flashing back to this movie. Wow! And with uh, with uh, Crispin Glover being the like the dad yes. character, or or yes, Tracy but Bow Wow also plays that character. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, Good. No, that would be he. That would take some range, right? There. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It would be great. It'd be a good movie. A twenty four. Where are you at? Pick that up. So if I if I can go into the basketball corner here for a moment, there yes, is w- w- there is one one scene. Like obviously, there the basketball scenes are very unrealistic. But there is one thing that that stuck out to me is like there's a you know one of the like basketball game montages. Um, there's a there's a game where he, they throw an alley-oop to Calvin and he dunks and like the way the scene is edited it's like he dunks the buzzer goes off the announcers are like oh and like everyone starts celebrating so it's like he has won the game on a buzzer beating alley-oop but if you I rewound it a couple times and watched if you like look when he is dunking the ball you can see in the background the scoreboard and it is like 
40 to 38 in like the second quarter of the game or something. So it's just like very strange the way that they edited that scene together to make it look like. Because also, if it's if you're at the end of the game and you were trying to win at the buzzer, it'd be extremely risky to try and throw an alley-oop to like to win the game. Like that would just be it, it was just it was a strange scene that obviously this accuracy of the, the game is not paramount here. But I did think that it stood out uh you know in the basketball scenes scott if there's anything that we learned from space jam it's that if you're gonna win a game it has to be on a dunk yes of course on a dunk yeah it does because that's the only exciting way to win a game apparently for the uh the children who are going to be watching these movies Mm -hmm. um speaking of you know the scenes where they're on the basketball court um, one thing that stuck out to me was the scene where um, you know, Calvin suggests the play and then Tracy doesn't want to go along with it. So he, so he puts the other guy on the bench and then he puts in Calvin, but Tracy was the one. So this is just part a of what I wanted to bring up, but this is something that just occurred to me. Tracy's the one who, um, is like opposed to the plan, but he's not the one who get gets benched. I didn't really understand what was happening there. He benches another player. Um, but then when they're doing the scene, him and Calvin are just yeah. passing the ball back and forth. Um, yeah. for like a full minute and the other players are just watching them um scott correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like that is not what you would do they would take the ball right <laughs> they would they would probably try to i, I mean at the very least i mean it, you know the shot clock is running down or whatever so i guess theoretically if they're just passing the ball back and forth you could just stand there and wait for the shot clock to in- expire but it did remind yeah. me in semi-pro which is that will ferrell basketball movie they do there's like a similar joke about how they just keep passing it back and forth inside the post and like that is their like secret play or whatever but yeah i thought i thought that that was funny and then and then of course calvin passes to tracy for the winning shot oh and i, I do want to say in uh, with regards to that game it's interesting because they talk about the fact that they have to win this game to make it to the playoffs and so obviously the team isn't very good. They're going to be getting the last seed in the playoffs if they win this game. They win mm. the game and they celebrate like they have just won the NBA Finals. Not to mention the fact that Calvin is no longer going to be playing on the team, right? Who is clearly their best player. Yeah. And so they are now going into the playoffs as the last seed. They'll be facing whoever the, the best team in the conference is without Calvin and will probably <laughs> get, get swept in the first round of the playoffs. So... Uh, I think their celebrations just should have been a, li- a bit, a little bit more muted. I guess is what I'm saying. Now, Can we just Scott... assume that they've become better players because of Calvin and he's helped them? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, if it's like Michael Jordan, I don't think that would be the case. <laughs> Unless, like, I think well, Tracy is like Scotty, Mike, so. Scotty Pippen. Yeah. Now, now, Scott, I do need to know: um, it, is it possible for uh, a basketball player to just join mid-season? And them say, yeah, this is good. Uh, yeah, no, as as far as I, I mean, like, you know, there's there's a free agency pool or whatever. There's at any any time, there's any number of players who are out there not on a team at a current time. And you can sign player. I mean, I think there are deadlines for that type of stuff, but you can you can sign players throughout the season. To, I mean, you can even sign them to like there are 10 day contracts in the NBA. You could sign a player for 10 days. Um, huh and you know use them in a couple games so uh, apparently what calvin got was a one-day contract to to begin with which i'm not sure that that exists but he you know obviously gets 
again, a very lucrative extension when he when he balls out in his one game. Um, and while we're talking about that, I feel like we have to ask, can you play in the NBA if you are 13 years old? Yeah, see, I don't know. I Because they don't even address I, that. They don't even pretend to. Yeah, and this this is where I was like, I wish that I had paid more attention in my family law class because I feel like that we probably address something like this at some point. But my my thought is that probably yes, because as long as he has the consent from his guardian, I think it would be okay. Because like you have kids, at least back in the day before, you know, you had to go to college and stuff like this to go to the NBA. Like you would have people who were like seventeen year olds entering the draft, like straight out of high school. Um, so they were like minors, I guess. And so I think it would be okay as long as Crispin Glover signed off on it, which of course he did. So I, I see now, no reason why this wouldn't be okay. Now, okay. now let me, let me ask you this, Scott, would this be okay. child labor laws? Would we fall into child labor law territory? <laughs> it's just like a kid yeah. actor. It's not any different than that. Yeah. But it, with, with kid actors, you have to give them X amount of breaks. And I imagine with, you know, practicing and with practicing being on the road, technically he's always on the clock. You ever so... heard of halftime, idiot? No, you <laughs> got me there. I mean, so... on, on that point, it doesn't seem like he practices very much. Right? Like, well, I don't think we ever see them practicing. It seems like when he is not playing, he is either at, at the, the orphanage. orphanage or he's like <laughs> in the hotel room playing video games with the other like player on the team. So I, I don't know. I mean like child labor laws are probably implicated in some way, but again, I'm, I think with parental consent, you might be able to get around some of this stuff. I know this is the, just the thrilling content that everyone came to hear. So to, to get more thrilling content and everyone back up a little bit, cause this is more my foyer cause I'm studying my MBA here. Um, but we, we hear earlier that Calvin Scott, if we're going off of what you established earlier, that he has a one day contract. Do you remember what that initial dollar value was for his one day contract? Did they say, I don't, I don't know if they said in the movie. Well, he said that he was going to get, uh, $7,500 is the, the offer. Um, in any typical NBA season, there's typically 82 games. So if the offer stands for $7,500 per game, uh, Calvin will be paid $615,000 for his whole season if he finishes out 82 games. So that's not too bad. It's it's not too bad. At the same time, that's like probably like close to what the league minimum salary is. Like I don't know what the league minimum is, but like it's probably fairly close to that. So honestly, considering he has like single-handedly lifted this team to the playoffs – he should be making like eight to ten mil at least. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. Easily. I don't know. I think if you are thirteen years old, you should make the minimum. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> I, I don't care if that gets me canceled. <laughs> Taking a bold stand. <laughs> the fifth brave thing that you that we've said on this podcast. I'm being today. very brave today. Yeah, because well, like, it, I mean, I mean, I think you raised a good point because like, if you're 13 you don't have anything to do with that money so you're really just increasing the possibility that like greedy parents or guardians are gonna like take all of your money and you'll end up like gary coleman (laughs) yeah true yeah it's good that he quit when he did because if he hadn't things would have gotten bad and from my understanding 
like Mike too, street ball is is about a different kid, right? Like a different kid gets his hands on the shoes. Yeah, we don't talk about that piece oh, we of don't? trash. No, but <laughs> it, it's not very good. And yeah, it's, it's I mean, it was like, straight to DVD, to- I think, right? Yeah, it's totally different characters, I believe. From my um, memory, I think I only watched it. I'm I am curious how he got the shoes because I looked at the Wikipedia page and it says it's it's the same shoes, but they got torn up at the end of this movie, right? Nothing a little duct tape can't fix. I guess so. Um, I I, I want to mention the song, the basketball uh-huh. song. Great song. Um, Yes. Well, it is a great song. At the same time, I was thinking more about the lyrics this time. And it's interesting to me. It starts out by him saying, basketball is my favorite sport. I like it when they dribble up and down the court. Which It's one of the main things they do. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. But at the same time, it's like if you're saying, okay, basketball is my favorite sport. And then you're basically the next thing you're going to say is probably going to be the thing you love most about the game, right? You mm-hmm. like it when they dribble up and down the court. Like, that is arguably one of the least exciting parts of basketball. It's just watching people dribble the ball up the court. So I think he just needs – his understanding of the game or his appreciation for the game seems to come from a very weird place if his favorite part of the game <laughs> is literally the part where they are not passing or shooting and they're just kind of standing there. Yeah, but that line just rolls off the tongue, you know. It's a good, yeah, it's a yeah. good little – I, what are we going to say here? Basketball is my favorite sport. I like it when they shoot the ball across the court. That, that might be better, actually. I don't know. I'm no rapper. I'm no rapper here, but that that doesn't roll off as easily for me. To be fair, I'm not sure Bow Wow is much of one either. But. Oh, whoa! Shots fired. <laughs> this is not. This does not reflect the opinions of our show. Apparently, yeah. Scott is Team it- Romeo. <laughs> it doesn't mean that that the soundtrack doesn't slap because it obviously does. But um, yeah, he ha- when's the last time he released an album? Just saying. Team uh, Romeo. Oh my god. Weren't they like big rivals at the time? <laughs> like I remember Bow Wow releasing like a diss track about Lil Romeo, which is so funny because they were little kids. I love it. Yeah, I think you're probably Lil right. Romeo. Romeo had his show, of course. Will um, Romeo could, versus Bow Wow. I'm looking it up right now, folks. From the little <laughs> bit of each one's career that I've heard, I think I'm Team Bow Wow. I think I like him better. Why fans are calling hypothetical Bow Wow versus Romeo battle disrespectful? Um, I will read when, up on this, when is this later. Article dated? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I feel like I don't want to get into that. <laughs> no, it is from January 2020. <laughs> Oh, what? Wow. What? Interesting. Okay. Um, well, sorry if uh, if what I said was disrespectful. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, any any other things y'all want to hit on about this movie before we move on to the next thing? Yeah, I don't th- I don't think I have have anything to add. I have aired my grievances about what is otherwise a very charming film. I do. I do want to say one more thing that just that I just remembered. Um, yeah, go the ahead. scooter scene at the end, the chase. It <laughs> seems like that is just them trying to do the ET bike scene, but it's scooters because it's early two thousands. You know, every every movie has to have a, a scene where kids are chasing people on bikes. Um, but that, that is that is true. And I also did have one weird thought about that scene, which was 
what, who are these guys who are chasing them, right? Like, how does Crispin <laughs> Glover, who is like the owner of an orphanage, well, who, why does he have henchmen? Like, I understand <laughs> this is a kid's movie, but like, there's just these random guys who start chasing them when they That's a when they leave point. the orphanage. Like, what? This guy of all people, like, he has seems to have very little charisma. He seems to be very awkward, and he owns an orphanage. Why does he have goons who will like just do whatever he commands? I thought the goons were part of the bookie squad um i think this is a good kids movie and i think it could be great if you just cut that scene because it's an hour and 40 minutes we can lose 10 minutes it's still an hour and a half you still get the the scene of the kids teaming up together to steal the shoes back from crispin glover in the orphanage like so we still get that orphan team up scene but then just like cut to him at the at the game you know we don't need 10 minutes of them driving around town on scooters i i don't disagree um, and it would be cooler if the scooters started flying like an ET. That would be probably that that would justify it being in the movie. You know, maybe they were Michael Jordan scooters. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he starts flying. So, I mean, Calvin does. So why why can't the scooters fly too? Well, that being said, I want to move on to a new segment that I'm going to introduce for this show. Um, probably a one time thing, but who knows? And this is a little game that I cooked up in, in lieu of doing sinful moments or hot takes, which we would normally do at this time. This is a game I invented, and it's called Ain't No Rule Says a Dog Can't Play Basketball. Okay. Um, which oh is a reference to a different movie, which is called Air Bud, um, which is about a dog playing basketball. But I just thought it's a great quote, and it's a great um, name for this game, because this is going to be a quiz based on the rules of basketball. And Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to find out um, which one of you two, Scott or Clint, knows more about the rules of basketball. Uh, this hey. could be really embarrassing for me. I have everything to lose here, Clint. <laughs> hey, if um, Scott, can I get like a, a three-guess head start on each question? I'll give you a handicap? <laughs> yeah, well, you if you have some sort of handicap, yes. Um, uh, no, I play to win. Okay, so I have five questions for each of these, so we'll move through these pretty quickly, and I'll keep score. Um, but we will start with Clint. <laughs> Yay! Okay, cool. <laughs> and these are not multiple choice. Um, you just, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you just have to tell me the answer. So Fill in um, the blank. Clint, here's your, here's your first question. Um, how high is a regulation goal in the game of basketball? I believe it's 10 feet. That is correct. Yes. Um, if I was quick on the draw, I'd be doing the little ding thing, but that's just too much to think about, frankly. <laughs> um, next question for you, Scott. What is it called when a person touches the ball on its way into the cylinder? Uh, that would be goaltending. That would be goaltending. We got a, We got a good start for the both of you, and I learned that there's something in basketball called the cylinder. So we're all. I laugh. I laughed when you said that because I thought you were phrasing it that way. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that is what basketballrules.com or wherever I got these said. So um, I don't think anyone would would describe it as a cylinder if it wasn't like the, actually what it is called. To be quite honest, yeah. Um, I assume that's just like the the box w- within the free throw line, like the the rectangle. <laughs> no, it's like the rim. Oh, oh, really? That's not a yeah. cylinder. 
<laughs> I know. That's why I say I don't think I don't know why it would be described as that, but that's what goaltending is. If if you if you touch the ball as it is like coming down while in the air, then like you you are called for goaltending, or it while the ball is like on the rim if you touch it. Okay, interesting. All right, uh, Clint, you're next, right? Who, who, yeah, I'm, of... I'm good. Um, so you've got, both got one point. Clint, at one point during a two-shot free throw, may a substitute enter the game? Um, I would assume between the first and second. That is correct, Clint. This yeah, guy. Roll. This guy. Yes. This guy, Mr. Basketball <laughs> over here. I did play upward basketball, so... <laughs> I didn't I realize did too, I was playing went to, against Dr. What? James Naismith over here. <laughs> I went to basketball camp as a kid. I think I've told that story in a different episode, though. So, um, <laughs> Scott, a foul made on purpose for harm is called a... Intentional foul. It's a flagrant foul. So is that wrong, or is what you said another name for it? Because I would believe you if you told um, me that. <laughs> That's that's a tough question. I mean, actually, you know what? I'm going to say that I'm wrong because because you did say for harm. And like, I guess like a, a, a flagrant foul is an intentional foul because you intend to do it. But mm-hmm. I was thinking of something different when I said intentional foul. So I'm gotcha. going to say that I got that one incorrect. So Clint yes. is in the lead. Yes. <laughs> what is happening? Oh boy, I'm, sw- I'm sweating. Um, I do feel like I do feel like I got the easy questions on this one. Yeah, they sh- they'll get a little bit harder as we go on. Um, oh boy. Clint, when a defender attempts to block a ten foot shot and touches it while the ball is on its downward flight, what should the referee call? Goaltending. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my gosh! I literally <laughs> dug my own grave. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that would be hard because it's the same thing for a different question, but Clint and cannot be fooled. <laughs> the score is three to one, Clint. Oh my gosh. Me and my uh, big it's because I'm tall. Yeah, that's what it is. Scott, in the NBA, how long may a defensive player stand in the paint without guarding anyone? Three seconds. Yes, that's correct. He's back in the game. Clint, what is the consequence of breaking the backboard? Um, uh, po- or I, I'm gonna assume probably like some type of fine, and then uh, game suspension. That is incorrect. I think Scott's back Last in the game here. <laughs> um, it's a technical foul. Ah. Uh, um, I'm thinking. A- I'm thinking like, who's gonna pay for this thing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're thinking way too practically. <laughs> um, Scott, when a ball is knocked out of bounds, how long does a player have to throw it back in to a teammate? Or to throw it into a team. Five seconds. That is correct. So the score is three to three. It is even, and you each have one question left. Oh my gosh! I couldn't imagine that we would actually have some suspense here coming toward the end of this game. <laughs> but, Can there be a pickup question at the end if, for whatever reason, we're tied? Like you um, can steal. Sure. Uh, okay, Clint. When your teammate takes the ball up the court, how many seconds does he have to get past half court? Uh, three seconds. That wouldn't be nearly enough seconds. <laughs> Could eight. you imagine? <laughs> I don't know. The second, anytime Scott has said like a second, been asked a second <laughs> question, my thought is that's not enough seconds. So I clearly People don't have, have a good gauge of time. Dead sprint across half court every single time. I don't know, fifteen seconds maybe. 
All right. Um, Scott, if you get this correct, you are the winner. If you possess right. the ball inside the free throw line, you can't do what for more than five seconds? If you possess the ball inside the free throw line, you cannot do what? My heart is beating so fast. Stink. Can, can you repeat the question? <laughs> yeah. If you possess Are you the... Googling? <laughs> Sounds no. like he is. Um, if you possess the ball for inside the free throw line, you can't do what for more than five seconds? You can't stand there. Like, you can't be in the key. So the answer is, according to the internet, put your back to the basket. Wow. Mm. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe you. Like, I... I've never heard that rule, and I'm guessing it's really not enforced that heavily, but <laughs> all right. I mean, I, I trust the internet. I mean, so. if one of our listeners wants to um, call foul play on that and let us know what the real answer is, feel free to do so, and then we'll have Scott back on and apologize to him. But for now, you guys are tied. <laughs> oh, man. We <laughs> Which means I have to more. come up with a, a uh, tiebreaker. I think Clint and be- I just have to play one-on-one now. Can it be in theater, please? Can the I was going to make theater? the tiebreaker question um, about the movie like Mike instead. Okay. All right. Um, hey, I've got a good one. And how do, how we do this? So if I'll ask Clint a question, and if he gets it right, then I'll ask Scott a question. And then if if he gets it wrong, then Clint wins. But if he gets it right, we have to keep going. All right. <laughs> this, this could take hours, but I don't think it will. <laughs> um, Clint. What is the first name of Brenda Song's character in this movie? Aw, oh, man. Uh, Tatum. <laughs> can I steal it for the win? Incorrect. Um, yes, you can steal it for the win. Reg. Reg is correct. Okay. Oh, thank goodness. I really needed Scott to win that because I didn't know, like, I didn't want to shame our guest, you know? No, I honestly think, though, a tie was a win for Clint. Like, based on the precedent that was set about what each of us know about the game of basketball, the fact that that it did end in a tie on the actual basketball questions, like, I think Clint gets the W. I think so, too. I do think you got much harder questions, which is good. That's how it should have been, but... Sure, yeah. um, I'll take take your pity. Thank you. (laughs) Um... So, great job. I almost called this game Clint is an Idiot, but I decided not <laughs> to call it that. And I'm glad I didn't, because it didn't totally yeah, turn out to be true. Yeah. I'm like Rain Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we start wrapping up um, our final thoughts on this movie, I wanted to do one more thing very quickly. We've covered three basketball movies on this show. I think we should all do our ranking of them. The Holy Trinity of Basketball Movies, um, which are Like Mike, Space Jam, and Air Bud. The three greatest basketball films of all time. So, um, Scott, let's start with you. Can you give us our ranking of those three movies? Okay. Well, like Mike is number one. It is. Um, I think it's, 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 you know, there's a pretty decent gap between it and the other two. I, I think I'm going to say that Space Jam is, is number two, mainly because, I think the clown in Airbud is still just incredibly creepy to this day. Um, Mr. Noodle? Like that, yes, that image of him is burned into my mind as like the one one thing that I truly remember very well from that movie. And so mm-hmm. it, it's going to have to rank 
third for me. Also, I think that Airbud probably. Strangely enough, even though Space Jam is the one that's animated involving aliens, I think Airbud might take the most liberties with the game of basketball. <laughs> well, it is a dog playing instead of a boy, you know. So yeah. that's one thing. Oh no, you're yeah. comparing it to Space Jam. I don't know; they're pretty close. <laughs> Yeah, there's um, a lot of disrespect. Yeah. Uh, Clint, what's your ranking of the Holy Trinity of basketball movies? <laughs> All right, basketball fans, here we go. Um, buckle up, because I'm, I'm ranking uh, Air Bud, number one. Like Whoa. Mike, number two. Space Jam, number three. Interesting. Wow. Uh, so, <sighs> I... I actually think my ranking is the exact opposite of yours, Clint. Oh, um, okay. I'm going Space Jam 1, Like Mike 2, uh, Air Bud 3, which I, I'm aware that, like, me saying that Space Jam is, I, I think, a pretty good movie. <laughs> like, not just, like, I like it, even though it's bad. Like, I think it's kind of good. I think the animated <laughs> sequences are incredible. Um, I understand that's a hot take because a lot of people just seem to be in agreement that it's like an abomination and the only reason people like it is for nostalgia. I just don't feel that way. I've really enjoyed it upon rewatching it. So I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I haven't I like watched it. it in years, so I honestly can't say. But... I like Air Bud because it has a dog in it. <laughs> you are a dog <laughs> boy. Yeah, Air Bud is uh, Air Bud's hard for me just because it's like it's the least self-aware of them all, you know? It's just like, it's a dog playing basketball. It's trying to be sincere, and it doesn't really yeah. work for me most of the time. Y'all, you haven't even seen the sequels either. Oh, man. Oh, I, I've seen some of them. Scott, um, you haven't even, you apparently have not listened to this in some time. That's true. I, I, <laughs> I now, now that I say that, I do remember one particular episode, which uh, is yeah, rather infamous, Scott I guess. Out. <laughs> um, are you talking about our Airbred in the Rough episode? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't know why it's that a, one just didn't one. connect with the people. <laughs> um, a great film. So um, we've gone through our ranking of these movies. We all have different different rankings. Um, it, if we were smart, this would have been like a basketball series. We would have done all three of those together, but we did Airbud way back in the day. So if you haven't listened to our Airbud episode, maybe go check that one out as well. And we did Space Jam as our last episode. But now it is time to put this movie, like Mike, through the gauntlet that we put all of our movies through. Um, we are going to ask three questions of this movie, which are, number one, is this movie good for kids? Number two, is this movie good for adults? And number three, does it stand the test of time? And Scott, um, just to let you know, these questions are left intentionally ambiguous and vague to, okay. to the point where like you can kind of interpret them however we want. There's no rules. So, but you just have to give mm -hmm. it a yes or no answer <laughs> for all of them. Okay. Um, so we'll we'll start with Scott again to be nice because we're gentlemen, um, and we let our guests go first. Number one, Scott, do you think this movie is good for kids? Uh, yes, I think it is mainly because Calvin is able to block the um, the encounter between Tracy and the woman that was going to, you know, so hijinks were going to ensue. Um, that's that's what I'll say, and so because of that, I think the film remains. Uh, pretty squeaky clean, and and therefore I think kids will enjoy it and will enjoy getting to see um, someone of their age play with retired now retired NBA stars. Yeah, um, Clint, this movie good for kids? 
sure it's good for kids. It's got heart. It's got humor. It's got uh, scooter chases. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's it's a it's a great movie for kids, and I would highly recommend it. Wow, got a highly recommended from Clint. Big words. Um, for myself, yes, I think it's good for kids. I loved it as a kid. Still liked it well enough as an adult. I think it's uh, can't do any real harm to a kid and would um, be plenty entertaining to them. So, yes, we all gave it a yes for the first question. Number two, is it good for adults? Scott, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm an adult, I guess, and I still enjoyed <laughs> it. So I think that um, adults will find enough in it, you know, through the basketball action again like some of these uh i mean particularly people of our age i think some of these nba stars were like the people you grew up watching if you grew up watching basketball and so that part of it is fun and you know the orphanage subplot or whatever gives it a heartfelt you know feel that i think adults will connect to as well so i say yes in the words of my brother's friend it had a good storyline it had a good (laughs) storyline you can't argue with that um, Clint, is this movie good for kids? I mean, adults? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, not to just completely echo what Scott said, but yeah, absolutely. Um, I, as an adult, um, I guess I'm the most, uh, I was a virgin going into this movie and, um, not in real life, but for this movie, um, you know, I had never seen it. And so I saw it as an adult and I enjoyed it. So yeah. Um, I think I'm going to say yes as well. I think it's good enough for adults. I Like I said, it was really a very nice, heartwarming Sunday afternoon lay on the couch watch. I enjoyed myself. So yes, we all gave it a yes for the first two questions. Um, number three, does it stand the test of time? Scott, what do you think? Um, I definitely say yes, but I also probably have the most slanted perspective here just because of Again, this was such a big movie for me during childhood. And like I said, part, a large part of my enjoyment was just from from the nostalgia, right? From like the, the minute that music starts at the beginning and getting all emotional and everything because of how long it had been since I watched the movie. That is a lot of why I say it stands the test of time. But obviously, you know, a lot of people aren't going to have, uh, you know, the same reaction to that. But I still think the movie is is pretty charming. And I think our comments here have uh, have indicated that you all feel the same as well yeah clint does it stand the test of time i, I mean i can't truthfully speak on that but oh, i true. can Im- yeah i can imagine that what i what if i was a kid and i liked it then yes i probably would have liked it now so the answer is yes yeah i mean if you said yes to number two i feel like the answer is probably yes um mm-hmm yeah, for me, it's definitely yes, because um, I think that it's hard when you're judging kids' movies. Like, the the point of saying, like, is it good for kids and is it good for adults? Like, there are definitely some kids' movies that just straight up aren't good for adults. And then you have, you know, movies like a, one of the top-tier Pixar movies that are, like, amazing for adults and kids alike. Like, I don't think this is that level of good for adults, but I do no. think this movie is, like functional enough that like it didn't I didn't feel like I was watching just a horrible movie you know I really enjoyed it and was able to connect to it enough and I think only some of that was nostalgia like I think most of the performance are fine enough for a family comedy um, and I think it's a very heartwarming and nice movie 
And yes, I'm saying it stands the test of time because I enjoyed it as an adult. And this movie got a hundo percent. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Um, didn't Space Jam also get a hundo percent? Yes, it did. We love basketball. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. What what did it get on Rotten Tomatoes, though? That's the real question. What That's a real question, because I know Space Jam got really low on Rotten Tomatoes, which makes me sad. Um, let's I'm looking all right, it up let's guess and see who can get the closest. Okay. I'm looking my, it up right now. Um, my guess what's your is guess, 46. I'm going to go 53. Uh, I'm going to guess 62. I haven't looked it up yet. It's It's loading right now. Um, Although it's loading up right now. Anybody want to guess what the last thing on my phone was? On Rotten Um, Tomatoes or just? uh, Just picture. Just or on on Google search. Rules of basketball. Yeah. No. (laughs) um, It was Grover from Seth's from, um, (laughs) from what's it called? Uh, What's yeah, it Sesame it's not from, Ses- yeah, from Sesame Street. Yeah, from Goodfellas. <laughs> uh, no, Like Mike got 57. Okay, that's that's not bad. Okay. Um, yeah, it was almost fresh. Almost fresh. And that's kind of a pretty good two-word review of this movie. Almost fresh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yep. So what do we do? We feed it to our raptors. I can never remember what we do. Here yeah, you go, we feed it girls. to our raptors, yeah. Clever girls have at it. Have at it, you clever girls. Um, just to tease what we're doing next on the show, again, if we had really planned this out, um, we would have done these in a slightly different order um, because we were doing a two-episode series on basketball movies, and we covered Space Jam in our last episode. Um, we decided we want to cover the other Looney Tunes mixed with live-action movie, which is Looney Tunes back in action. So we probably should have done Like Mike and then Space Jam, and then Looney Tunes back in action, and then it could have been like a fun like double series that overlaps, but we didn't do that. So <laughs> We don't plan uh, ahead. We don't plan ahead. <laughs> Usually right before we're recording an episode, we go like, oh, what are we doing next time? So we can tell people. <laughs> um, we're doing Looney Tunes back in action. I'm excited to watch this movie, um, and it's, it's Looney Tunes, you know, and they're back in action. What else do you need to know? And it's on Netflix as well. So, oh, is um, it? If you're, yes, it is. If you're nice. listening along, give that a watch. Noise and Scott, you're not gonna be on that one, no matter how much you beg us. You have to wait <laughs> at least one episode before you come on again. You know what? That that is okay. I have never seen that movie anyway, so I don't think I could contribute much. Um, and you know what movie we're not talking about on the show is stupid Scoob. Freaking, Freaking Scoob! Get out of here, Scoob! Yeah, Scott, I, you know, thank you for being on here. Uh, I want to formally apologize for, I guess, not having you on sooner. Uh, it feels like we should have had you on back when I was recording this in my parents' attic <laughs> and back when, Elisha, you were doing your thing. So uh, Yeah, I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> Back when look, I was I- what? Thank, thank you all for having me. Um, I don't blame you personally for not having me until now just because I do have, like, kidnapped y'all. I did, like, kidnap y'all at Christmas time this year and made y'all do, like, a five-hour episode <laughs> on my podcast. So I'm sure y'all were probably like, oh, do we really want this guy to come on? Um, I believe it was so, New Year's Day. That is not true I, at all. 
I had a good time. Uh, regardless, it was it was uh, it was a lot of fun, and I'm glad that I had an excuse to watch this movie. I'll um just to peek behind the curtain. I do remember talking several months back about potentially we've been talking forever about doing the Star Wars prequels and we will eventually but I was like I definitely want to have Scott on our fan Venom Menace episode because I know you were a okay, yeah, of yes. that movie um, absolutely yeah we kept thinking we were going to do those really soon and so I, I had that in the back of my mind like Scott will come on that episode and then we keep pushing that back because honestly I got a little bit tired of Star Wars for a bit because everybody cares way too much about yeah. it um, I I am with you on that. But whenever you do have that Phantom Menace episode, I will invite myself back on and stand up for the movie. (laughs) I think that would be wonderful because I, yeah, we need somebody on that, that, that loves that movie. Like, it's not going to be interesting to just like talk about the bad parts of that movie. You got to have somebody on who's like, yeah, has some love for it. So that would be fun. And I like that movie a lot too. I think it's one, I don't know. I go back and forth between that and Revenge of the Sith is my favorite prequels. Um, I just know that Attack of the Clones is the worst, but um, yeah, someday we will do that. But it wasn't like right. we—it wasn't like suddenly we were like, "Oh, it's time to have Scott on." It, we have been talking about this for months and months, and it just now actually. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. Um, believe us, Scott. Come on, man. Please believe us, um, Scott. Plug please your life. What do you want the people to know about yourself? Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Scarvy Dent. It's like Harvey Dent, but with Scarvy Dent at the beginning. Can you yes, be trusted? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in Scarvy Dent. Um, so Scarvy Dent on Twitter, Twitter and Letterboxd. Please check out my podcasts um, on the Some Like It Scott podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we have a bunch of different podcast movie related podcasts there. We just started our nolan countdown series which we thought we were going to have to delay because tenant was going to get delayed but it's still not delayed so we're going to keep releasing those episodes until tenant gets delayed because we have several in the tank right now but <laughs> christopher nolan just there. keeps holding out he's like we're putting this movie in theaters because they will yeah, it, like that is a movie that will not release digitally like that will go no, in theaters whenever it, it has to be even if it's 2029 <laughs> yeah but we just did Memento, or Memento was just released, um, and we're, go- we're going through an order. So check that out, as well as our, our normal podcast, um, Some Like It, Scott. And I also play movie trivia sometimes online, so you can type in Scott Harvey on YouTube and probably find me losing mostly. But um, yeah, that's all my things, I guess. Nice. Nice. Um, Clint, are you online? Uh, at the moment, yes. Nice. Me too. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, uh, we have, if you got yeah. it. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, if you are also online, you can follow me personally at Twitter and Letterboxd at Clint JH Page. The JH does stand for Jazz Hands. And you can follow me at Elisha P. Smith on Twitter. Um, you can also follow me at that same username on Instagram, but I wouldn't recommend it because why would you follow me on Instagram? I don't do anything interesting on there. Um, but True. you can follow me on Letterboxd at Elisha P. Smith. And uh, TikTok at Mr. Wallet, get churning out that content for you people. <laughs> I need y'all to follow me so I feel like I'm not wasting my time on it. Um, and uh, if you do like what you hear, give us a review. Five stars goes a long way, specifically on iTunes, to make sure we are at the top of the list for nostalgic-based content and purely-based content. For those of you that are wanting to keep up, I'm looking it up right now. And we are still above Purely Poop 
on iTunes. So we're we're holding strong, folks. Thank you for that. But and, but does 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 ahead. Pure Flix have a podcast though? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we should start. They it. should. They should. Yeah. Spinoff series. Um, we could do a Pure Flix series on here. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah. That would be fun. We, we, we get... do need to talk about some Christian media on here because that was our giants. original concept for the show was we were going to talk about Christian media. I think we should do that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Scott, the original uh, inception for this was to kind of compare uh, Shrek to Christian media. <laughs> I remember um, you telling me that. <laughs> yeah. That, and you were like, okay, sure, go ahead and start that podcast. Uh, there was a certain point in time where we were just going to talk about like Christian movies. And I do the Shrek thing, I feel like, was more of a joke than anything. I don't yeah, know that that true. was ever a real concept, but that we, would have been a fun show, too. We recorded a test episode on top of a roof, and it was like 23 degrees outside. Yeah, I don't think I know what... I don't I don't know what our concept that we had in mind for that was. Yeah. We need to find that recording and release it. Um, Good Christian Boys was the name of the... Yes, and then a podcast came out called Good Christian Fun that was the concept we yeah. were going to do. And so we're like, well, <laughs> can't really do I that. Actually, it's, yeah, I'm familiar with that one, I think. Actually. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's it. That's all we got for you. If you want to listen to a podcast about Scoob, look up a different podcast. I'm sure somebody's talking about it because it ain't got to be us. Mm-hmm. So stop yelling. Um, oh, and shout out to, um, what are they called? Purely, purely, uh, pure, pure, the other podcast that's similar to us. They gave us a retweet. Yeah, they're they're like really nice, it seems like. Because we talked about them like not in a positive or negative light in, in the last episode. And uh, they were they're very nice to us. So um, still haven't gotten a chance to listen to their show, but definitely. Prime will nostalgia podcast. Prime nostalgia, that's what it was. I was thinking it was purely in another word. I knew we shared a word with them. But they weren't like that other podcast that got really mad at us. <laughs> so <laughs> They're nice. Check them out, I guess. Um, but in the meantime, that'll do, Donkey. We will see you soon. And Skinaf for listening. Yeah. Now basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way to dribble up and down the court. I keep it so fresh on the microphone. I like no interruption when the game is on. I like slam dunk to take me to the hoop. My favorite play is the alley-oop. I like to pick and roll. I like to give and go. And it's basketball. Bow out. Let's go. Not that we'll never cover another basketball movie on our show, but it doesn't seem like that, that likely that we will. Um, the way back. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I don't no. know if it's really a kid's movie, but I mean, we did Pirates of the Caribbean. No, it's... So, well, that was PG-13. It's, it's not at all. <laughs> and everyone knows that Pirates of the Caribbean... Oh, I see where you're going with that. I thought you were saying, well, we've covered other basketball movies oh. <laughs> like Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs>